It's April 8th, 2020. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, uh, we'll have Bert Kimura from UH who joins us to tell us about an online conference called Technology, Colleges, and Community, or TCC 2020. And then, then we'll be joined by Jody Ito from UH and Ryan Field from American Savings Bank to talk about securing your workforce in this age of remote work and uh, shelter in place. Uh, first off, uh, I wanted to share uh, an event coming up, an online event, uh, for those who are interested and are curious about Aloha AI, AI standing for artificial intelligence. Our friends over at Oceanet are putting on a series of three one-hour workshops, and workshop number one happens tomorrow, and that'll take place uh, online from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m., and that's the Introduction to Artificial Intelligence. On the 17th, that's uh, next Friday, that's going to be from 9.30 to 10.30, it'll be Introduction to Aloha AI Network, and on the 24th, it'll be Dashboard Training. So if you are interested, and this is kind of geared toward uh, their Aloha AI workshops, which is uh, really geared for students and teachers wanting to get an introduction to artificial intelligence. It's a great way to, you know, kind of get your get your um, introduction to it. If you're interested, feel free to email a request for an invite to info at oceanet.com, and and they will send you the Zoom link as well as the password. So. Go ahead and do that, and I'll put that up on our show notes for later on if you um, miss that. Now, I'd like to welcome Bert Kimura from UH, who joins us to tell us about the online conference called TCC 2020. Welcome to the show, Bert. Aloha, Bert, and thank you very much for this opportunity to, to speak about TCC. Glad to be here. Great. Now, TCC has been around for a while, and you know, interestingly enough, TCC has always been an online conference. Uh, so tell us, how long has it, been, uh, has it been going on? Right. We have been at it for uh, 25 years. This is our 25th anniversary. Wow. And so we thought we'd try to do something that's a little bit different. Well, okay. Now you just, uh, you know, you just led into my, my question. I mean, being the fact that it's it's been online for the last 24 years, and you're pretty accustomed to the idea of, of delivering it as a, you know, as an online resource— now that we are all doing everything for the most part online, how are you? What is it that's different about TCC 2020? Okay, uh, well, one of the things that it, that came to mind was that we ought to do something different, considering the fact that everyone is having to change their lifestyle, at least in the recent past week. So, uh, one of the things that we decided to do is we have scheduled. On Wednesday, uh, that's April 15, Hawaii time, uh, beginning at midnight, we have scheduled 24 plenary sessions, uh, meaning that this is the only session that's going on, uh, that will be delivered over the Internet one each hour of the day. So we have targeted people, uh, presenters from four regions of the world uh, through the connections we've made over the last 25 years. And so the four regions are Asia, uh, mainly Japan and Korea, Hawaii, of course, uh, the eastern part of the United States, 
or the Eastern time zone, and also in Europe, uh, specifically in Finland, where we've had people assist us um, as members of our advisory committee. So in terms of participation, uh, is, the, is the delivery of content uh, real-time, or is it sort of, uh, uh, you know, asynchronous? Right. Well, it's sort of both. Uh, in the sense that being online, we have that ability to record sessions. So we are delivering delivering the sessions live, uh, literally starting at midnight. But of course, it's not midnight throughout the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, for example, for example, there will be 7 p.m. in in Tokyo or in Seoul. Um, but in any case, uh, while we rec- we are presenting these sessions, we are also recording them. So within the next 24 hours after that, we should have recordings available for each of these sessions. And I should mention that, uh, you know, as we are always, have always been a fee-based um, conference, mm-hmm. uh, although we try to keep our fees relatively modest, you know, at modest levels, uh, for this particular Wednesday, and that's next Wednesday, Hawaii time, uh, we are going to make them available, all of these sessions available without charge. So people uh, will, can go to our conference website and they'll be able to log in and join in any ongoing uh, plenary sessions during that 24-hour period. Wow, that's that's great. So who are you gearing this uh, the TCC for? I know it says, uh, uh, you know, in, in terms of what TCC stands for, I mean... You know, you have technology colleges and communities. So, is it is it really kind of open to to everybody? Right. So, our main target audiences are our colleagues, basically our faculty, um, su- support staff, particularly in the area of working with uh, learning and technology, as well as uh, students or graduate students, uh, because we do have a section of our event. And this will occur on Monday and Wednesday evenings where the students, the graduate students, are completing their master's degree at the University of Hawaii College of Education in LTEC, or Learning uh, Design and Technology. They present their final project, and mm-hmm. they have been doing this for a number of years uh, as, as part of a requirement to present at TCC. And we also have others that have completed their or are completing their uh, PhD programs also participate in some of these sessions through some of the courses, the other courses that are being offered online uh, for graduate students. Well, that's great. So, uh, so Bert, where can people sign up uh, for this event coming up uh, next week, uh, next week Wednesday? Right. So if people want to register, I should make a distinction between being registered and being just being a casual participant on, on Wednesday. Uh, when you are registered, you have full access to all of the sessions, including the Monday, uh, Tuesday and Thursday sessions, which are available only to those uh, that have registered. And registration also entitles uh, the participant to receive daily notices or bulletins that highlight uh, certain presentations, as well as participating in what we refer to as the conference community, community which means you know you can men- message others or find out who else is participating. And uh, materials that are made available by the presenters will also be available for downloading as well. Okay. So where can people go 
to find so out more information. In order to do, yeah, in order to register, um, we, we have the conference uh, website, which is 2020.tccononlineconference.org. Org. And from there, there's a registration link. And I should mention that if any group of people want to register, we also have special registration rates for groups of individuals as well, okay. including a whole campus or a whole system. Um, so our main target is our higher education faculty and staff and graduate students in particular, but we welcome anyone uh, interested in online education, online teaching and learning with technology to join us. Okay, sounds good. I'll uh, I'll put that uh, up on our show notes. And, and Bert, if, you, if, it, if it isn't something that you've already sent me, be sure to email me that, and I'll put it up on our show notes for later on tonight. Hey, thanks, Bert, for joining us. Okay, thank you. And, uh, of course, right now we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Jody Ito from UHN, Ryan Field from American Savings Bank, all by phone, and we'll talk about securing your remote workforce. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors the Rice Partnership and PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now I would like to welcome Jody Ito and Ryan Field. Jody is the Chief Information Security Officer over at the University of Hawaii. And Ryan Field is the Chief Information Security Officer over at American Savings Bank. Welcome, both of you, to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you for having me. Now, I think I'd first like to start off by uh, maybe describing a little bit about uh, what you folks typically do in a, in a sort of a pre-coronavirus uh, age, you know, and, and it would be probably, you know, at your office or on campus. And, and how would that... Uh, you know, sort of daily activity uh, unfold? So for me, at the University of Hawaii, my primary job is basically protecting the university's information assets. And what that translates to is actually dealing with a lot of policies and procedures, um, investigating cyber incidents, also working individually with units to help them identify what their sensitive assets are and work with them in protecting those. Okay, so uh, so sensitive assets would be like if if uh, students are registering for classes. There's probably a lot of uh, personal information that's that's uh, you know built up in a database. So so those are some of those uh, sort of private assets that the university has access to, right? And it could also be intellectual property. Right. For example, researchers who's developing new techniques. Um, those things will also be considered uh, sensitive assets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, you know, you know, there may be a lot of experiments that are collecting data from, from various sources, and and you know, it's really part of the research that the the um, researchers working on. But it's, you know, it, it would be very proprietary because uh, if that got out, you know, somebody else could, you know, maybe jump on <laughs> jump on their conclusions. Right, and capitalize on it and monetize their research. Absolutely. Right, right. right. And and uh, Ryan, so for you at the bank, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of. Uh, security at the bank uh, and typically so what would your day look like sure uh my primary role is to secure asb in a way that we can be enabled to remain competitive in the workplace while still focusing on protecting our customers information and money Mm -hmm. so what does that mean that means i'm the point person for 
um, governing the program as well as monitoring and responding to events. So in terms of your, your daily, you know, daily activities, I mean, it, it really revolves around the enterprise and, and how you have built secure systems to, to protect your, you know, your digital assets. And, and when, we, you know, when we all were uh, uh, you know, really kind of um, requested to uh, shelter in place and, and uh, you know, work from home, I mean, the, the whole idea of, of everybody pretty much uh, getting out of their office, their typical office environment, and, and moving you know, into their home environment. Uh, before we get into some of the specifics on how that would work, I mean, for, for both of you, uh, maybe Jody, you can, you can start. I mean, a lot of the researchers were already capable of doing whatever they were doing outside of their UH environment, right? I mean, outside of their class environment or their office environment. Um, I think it's a mix. Well, some actually are very good at working remotely, especially those um, that have projects that are out in the field, per se. But a lot of them also have labs with specialized equipment in it, and they need dedicated access to that. And so even now, there are certain parts of the university that have to remain open because some of those functions cannot be conducted remotely. But on the other hand, with our teaching and learning mission, mm-hmm. a lot of the faculty were still teaching in classes. And this whole shift to online learning has really, um, I'd say, yeah, stretched our resources a little bit. I think that's probably an understatement. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> we, we had uh, folks from the uh, Department of Education on, and for them... You know, they were very challenged with trying to address the, the, the online learning environment, especially with, with uh, kids that perhaps don't even have uh, Internet access at home. And in the case of in the, I never thought of it in, in terms of, uh, you know, a university class and, and how that would necessarily translate. So was it a, a heavy lift for some of those professors? Absolutely, because none of them have well, some of them have never, ever uh, transitioned their curriculum to like digital content Mm -hmm, so a lot mm -hmm. of times they're still using whiteboards or whatever the technologies are in the classrooms like overhead projectors uh, and then having to move all of that within a week to an online environment when they're not even familiar with the technology so it, it is a difficult trying time for many people now did they have any any buffer in that you know part of this uh shelter at home order was during spring break so there, was there some uh, you know it wasn't like okay today we're going to go shelter at home and, and the class today has to now go online there was a little bit of buffer did they take yes. advantage of that buffer? Oh absolutely um, and they worked with their colleagues I have to admit that the faculty worked very very hard to be able to continue their classes in an online format so there was a lot of workshops we have um, some dedicated people resources to help the faculty transition to an online environment. And the faculty themselves, they were working together to try to support each other to help you know, move all of their content online. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm curious, what, uh, what platforms did the, did the professors use to deliver content online? So that is really interesting because we already had an online uh, learning management system called Laulima. Mm-hmm, right. And... A lot of them have now put their curriculum into that forum, but now a lot of them are also using Zoom or other other video conferencing technologies to at least hold the classrooms where they can interactively talk with the students. 
Yeah, no, and this is a, a really a great uh, experiment in, in not only how quickly you can get up to speed, but how do you successfully transition from you know in-class curriculum to online curriculum. So, yeah, I think it's a great, uh, great experiment going on. Now, in, now Ryan, in terms of uh, working at the bank, so I would think typically, you know, you'd come into the bank, you'd get, you know, you'd get your desk, you fly, fire up your computer, you're, you're on, online at the office uh, because you've got your, your uh, secure network connections already set up there. And then now there's this, uh, um, you know, concept of, uh, okay, working at home. Were people already at the bank uh, pushing the envelope to do any kind of work at home? Prior to prior yeah. to the coronavirus, yeah, actually, um, so we've we've been we've been fairly remote. Um, I mean, nobody works remote, but we've had the ability so that people are constantly online and able to support customer needs as they come in. And mm-hmm. so uh, we've had the remote capabilities and after hours support for for a long time. So our our program is actually built. To support that already mm-hmm. so a lot of our controls made it so that not as many things had to change from the work, work remote um, situation so were you uh, from a corporate standpoint was it was it uh, uh, VPNs VPN technology that you used to ensure that they had a you know an encrypted channel coming into the bank resources yes that's correct and so as part of doing that we're able to validate and monitor everything on anything entering in and out of our environment. So that way, I mean, most of our people, our teammates already have laptops. And so that way, otherwise it defeats the whole purpose of having a laptop, right? Right, right. So so part of the, part of the uh, standard uh, operating equipment was that people had laptops and they could, they could actually bring those laptops home and connect into the, the corporate network. Uh, that's, that's correct. Almost all of our teammates have laptops. The difference was that before, not everyone had VPN tokens, so they wouldn't be able to remote in from home. Um, but, I mean, a large majority did. And so now all we had to do was provision them that access as needed. So I, I do want to ask you a little bit about the, you know, as you sort of transition into this work-at-home environment, and you already kind of alluded to this, Ryan, in terms of having a laptop and how much do you separate, you know, the work environment or the work uh, system with your personal system. So I I do want to talk about that, but we want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with both Jody Ito from UH and Ryan Field from American Savings Bank, and we will talk about keeping your home work computer secure. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Ekahi Health, Ulupono Initiative, and Impact Hub Honolulu Co-working. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Jody Ito from the University of Hawaii and Ryan Field from American Savings Bank. And they are talking about safe online practices to keep your company and its data secure. So right before the break, uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, talking to Ryan about some of the computer systems that they 
enable their their employees with, and largely it's laptops. So if they're <clears throat> at work, they are using the laptop. If they have to go home and still uh, do work, they can bring the laptop home. So I guess the question is, do you, as a standard operating procedure, uh, discourage personal computers accessing the the internal network? Ryan? Yes. Yes, that's correct. We 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 discourage it and we actually make it so they it cannot happen. Okay, so if you if you are at home and you have your own uh let's say Dell, you know, laptop or or desktop, uh how does how does your network um know that that machine is not authorized to be on your network? Sure. So so a lot of different VPN products come with with a, an additional layer of network access control. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's a different product or a module, but they, a lot of them come together. And so what it can do when you authenticate using VPN is check for other things that, that are managed on that computer or that device to allow it or not allow it to VPN in, even with valid credentials. Got it, got it. Now, uh, Jody, in terms of UH, uh, there, there's a probably a little different policy, you know, in terms of what could be used in terms of the computer system at home. Absolutely. I'm so envious of Ryan's position there. <laughs> so we actually um, try to encourage people, if they do have work laptops, to take that home and use it, and definitely to separate your work cyber environment from your home cyber environment. But a lot of people do not have uh, laptops from work, so they have to use personal devices to connect back to the university network to do their work. Uh, so with that, we actually had to put together a whole list of things of what people need to do. So the first thing we ask, actually ask them to do is to make sure that the computer that they're using for work is cleaned of any type of malware or um, malicious software by running antivirus and making sure their version of antivirus is current and up-to-date. And then we also ask that they make sure that their operating system and all of their applications are also at current versions. So basically patch it at the current patch level. Um, And the other thing we definitely ask them to do is when they're working, just focus on work. Uh, Don't be connecting to your personal email account and keeping that up on the same browser that you're connecting to the university from, um, you know, don't be looking at Instagram or online shopping, because when you're doing that, you also lose focus. Mm -hmm. So then it becomes very easy to perhaps click on a phishing link or not recognize a malicious URL. So it's, again, that focus and trying to, yes, you're working from home, so therefore focus on work and do your personal things at a later time. No, that's a, that's a, that's great advice. Now, Jody, in, in in your case, you said you asked them, so it's not it's not a a dictated mandate. Am I correct? Um, well, so it's very hard for us to actually um, check to see if they've done that, because again, these are their personal devices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we don't have that same control that Ryan has over those machines that they're using. So it is a education process. And most people really want to do the right thing, mm-hmm. and they will call us when they have questions or they run into some issues. Do you have the resources to uh, <laughs> perhaps uh, recommend or, or help them check if they do have malware, malware on their personal computers? So actually, yes. 
<clears throat> our help desk actually has the ability to um, help them through situations on their personal device. Mm -hmm. And normally we wouldn't do that, but yeah. because we're in this state and situation now, we actually do encourage people to do that so that we can help them um, look at their computers, in investigate, make sure that they're running antivirus, and helping them if they don't know what to do. Now, Ryan, in, in terms of uh, connecting at home, uh, you know, at work you have a pretty secure network or secure, uh, let's say, wireless uh, Wi-Fi connections. Uh, at home, you know, it's whatever it's whatever the commercial or, or uh, personal Wi-Fi connections that they might have established, either, you know, Hawaiian or or Spectrum. I mean, is there anything that you encourage them to do in terms of using their personal internet feed and and maybe trying to make sure that it's not uh you know somehow sniffed from somewhere else <laughs> oh sure um yeah i mean we, we do the standard um training around you know make sure you change default passwords on the routers or if it's not the the one that hoantel or oceanic provided it's your own that you installed make sure you update it like jody was mentioning but for us, it's a little bit less scary because we also disable it. So, so the all the only thing that someone can do is VPN into our network. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So once the VPN is set, I mean it's an encrypted link from from computer all the way to your system. So, yeah, yeah, it doesn't, that's doesn't, yeah, it doesn't even you know you can't even get in from the from a, a, a outside outside connection. Yes, that's correct. So in, in terms of, uh, you know, when you get down to, I think, Jody, you kind of talked about this, uh, to stay focused on doing your work when you're doing work and then your personal stuff, just, you know, kind of keep it very separate. So so files don't get mixed. You don't uh, uh, right. have, you know, have uh, something that's open that, you know, like you said, you could get uh, uh, some kind of phishing, phishing uh, attack or something. So that's that's kind of a clear delineation between one environment and another environment. Right. So even if you're using a personal home computer, we recommend that you set up a brand new account on it mm -hmm. and just use that account for work only. Um, and also making sure that you have very strong passwords on both your computer's account as well as your university account. Uh, because what we're seeing is that we are having what we call brute force attacks where the attackers are just trying to crack the passwords and so if you have a stronger password, the less likely they'll be able to do that. Mm -hmm. The other thing we recommend is also multi-factor authentication. So the University of Hawaii has products by which we, um, for every employee, that they can use it. But also for their personal home account, you know, Google does it, your banks do this, set up multi-factor authentication so that even if the attacker were to perhaps get your password, they still cannot get through that second level of protection. Now, uh, you know, we only have about a minute, and I know that uh, both of you are involved with Cyber Hawaii, and Cyber Hawaii has a fair amount of resources that people could actually uh, take a look at. Uh, you know, what, is, what does Cyber Hawaii provide in terms of, you know, community with the, with the whole cybersecurity resource? For sure. Cyber Hawaii uh, is a nonprofit that, that works with the different businesses around the community and helps to do a lot of outreach and education and workforce development. The resources on the site would be www.cyberhawaii.org, then go to resources, and then additional resources. Well, that's great. And and a lot of, yep. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ryan. 
as a, a, a specifically as a link to Cyber Readiness Institute, which has a lot of the tips and tricks that you're just uh, talking about. Well, sounds great. Now, Jody Ito is the Chief Information Security Officer at the University of Hawaii, and Ryan Field is the Chief Information Security Officer over at American Savings Bank. I want to thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk about an online office hours with the Hawaii Society for Technology in Education. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chung. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You stay awesome, stay safe, and we will see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Bye.